Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Pete Robertson, That's Big D- Mac Daddy. Yeah, Mac Daddy's in the house. Mac Daddy's in the house. People are like, what the heck, Mac Daddy? Well, th- here, let me give you a story. Yep, please do. My wife's called me that. So my name was originated uh, Mac Pete Robertson Jr. My dad is the exact same name. And so when I was growing up, I was called Petey, right? So I didn't, you know, Petey. And then I changed it to Pete because that's what I've been called my whole life. But my wife's like, well, your real name's Mac. I says, yeah, but I don't want to be called Mac. And she goes, all right, I know how to make it good. I go, what? She goes, I'm going to call you Mac Daddy. Nice. And I'm going, okay. So Mac Daddy is stuck with me because my wife has branded me (laughs) Mac Daddy. So there you go. And it's really Pete. It's not Peter. No, or, it's or always Simon. Pete. No. no. It's just Pete? Yeah, it used to frustrate me because people would always say, hey, Peter, 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 Peter. Well, yeah, that like, would be normal. No, it's Pete. It's just Pedro. You're just weird. Well, that's Peter, maybe. That's just strange. That's me. It's Mac Pete. Mac? I'm a preacher MC. The reason Mac. why Jesus died for me. I'm too hot to handle. Too cold to hold. <laughs> Boy, my life has got control. Uh, Everybody's like, shut up, Pete. Shut up, Pete. My kids are listening to that going, no, no. If they listen hey Pete, to that. let me remind everybody to check all the Riot Podcast stuff out at riotpodcast.co.co. And uh, we have a special guest today. Yeah, we do. Well, a special quiet guest. I bet she yeah. doesn't probably chime in too much, although she should. Yeah. But uh, we have a different executive producer today. I'm we so have, excited. You should. Well, I'm going to let you introduce the executive producer. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, my wife is, is she does a lot of the producing. My wife's the tech geek around here. And uh, she just knows that stuff backwards and forwards. But, you know, God has uh, called her to do something else today. Dentist. Pray oh, for her. Pray yeah. for her. And uh, so she raised up a, a, a wonderful daughter of ours, Faith. And she went ahead and trained her on all how to do everything and set her all up. And and lo and behold, God has blessed us and she's producing our show. So That's Faith, awesome. our, our daughter, is producing us. We're so excited. It's exciting. Thank you, Faith. Yeah, I'm so blessed. It's I awesome. Knew, so she didn't we, say anything. I thought she might chime in. But no. no? Well, it was worth the shot. So that was your football this week. Didn't we do fantasy uh, football or college? Yeah, or well, we had uh, college not so good. We lost on the last play of the game to a to a team that you really shouldn't. Oh, I don't want to take anything away from them. They played hard, but uh, we're not good. And um, I'm I, the same with USC. So Florida State and Florida USC, State, our two teams are not that good this year. Embarrassing. Yeah. It's like the season's over and we haven't even played a conference game yet. It's scary. I stayed up. So it, our, my game, because it's West Coast, was 7.30 West Coast, 10.30 our time. And that that's what stinks coming from the West Coast. It's really late. So we were up until about 11.30 midnight, and I'm just watching the first half. And right away, I just knew watching USC play, I was just like, this is not going to be a good year. I mean, Stanford's okay, but USC just played. And it they just had like looked a ugly. surprising win week one. No, not they, surprised. they play Oh, San no, no, no. State. I was thinking UCLA. Yeah. All those LA no, schools. UCLA is them. good. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. I got yeah, it. Yeah, Oregon man. beat Ohio State. Did you see that? I did. That was next level. That was that, that was, was next impressive. level. So Pac-12 is you know making a little noise, making a little noise. But I F- never get upset when Big Ten schools lose. I don't know what that why that is. I think it's because their 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 fans are so loud or something. You're just Atlantic all the way. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> my conference is not good right now. No. It's not <clears throat> good. But my pro team won. Yeah, the they Dolph- did. The first place Miami Dolphins. And they look good. Yeah, they yeah, did. Well, they we'll look see. really good. It's uh, it's September. I'm not going to get too excited. 
You the dolphins always the dolphins? make me cry. I just love their colors. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's they have great colors. Yeah, it's kind of like the Chargers too. I like their colors. You know it's what it is? That baby blue, the gold. I don't it's know. It's the beach town. Is man. that what it's it like is? San Diego yeah. and Miami, two of the yeah. nicest you know beach towns in America. Yeah, Seattle maybe, Seahawks colors are cool too. They are. Yeah, love those colors. In fact, I'm going to root for them just because of their colors. <laughs> That's a good reason, Pete. It's an absolute good reason. And then we started uh, we started a fun fantasy football league. Yeah, we did. So before you guys start getting our case, it's free. We're having fun. It's all good. That's not my and, intention, though. I wanted to pay. I know you did. <laughs> you wanted some skin in the game. But no, we just got a few, a few Full guys. Full disclaimer. It's like, it's like our old life group. You know, we're getting together and uh, bragging rights, and and uh, it already the trash talking already started this morning. It was pretty funny, but uh, it was fun. So yeah. I think we both have solid teams. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, when yours we, is better than mine. Well, I think it's one week. Yours and um, yeah, a couple other guys are and a girl are, are better than mine. The we'll girl, <laughs> the girl, your <laughs> wife, the girl. <laughs> She's got the best team. I think so. It's pretty. Shout strong. out to Lino. How'd you do against his wife this oh, week? Oh Lord, pray for him. Oh poor Lino. Yeah. Anyway, we're not going to just talk about football today, are we? Uh, no, let's talk about uh, Jesus. That's, we should we, always talk should about pray? Jesus. You're let's going? pray. That's a great idea. Right. Father, uh, forgive us for uh, taking so long to get to, to you, Lord. But we're just having a little fun with the football. Father, we uh, we, we ask that uh, as we dive back into the book of Colossians today, that, uh, man, it just uh, this letter written by Paul 2,000 years ago just points us points us back to you lord and uh man we just we got some stuff that some cool stuff that we think that uh, you've showed us and we want to show our show our listeners today so we just ask you to be with this show be with our listeners be with our our, our producer and um, the staff behind the scenes that that make all this stuff work Thank father you. uh we just uh, appreciate them and cherish them so much so we ask you to lift them up bless them and uh, just be with us today in jesus name amen amen so what are we gonna talk about today pete well, I mean, today's we're going to do Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 through 23. So if you're listening, you want to follow along with us, we again are going to be reading out of the ESV version. So if you're listening on the podcast and you're driving, don't do that, or you're walking, right. you're out working out, um, you can get to this later. But if you're at home and you're listening and you're sitting there and you can get to a Bible, pull it up, um, follow along with us, and, and we're going to be in Colossians 2. And so today's show title is warnings regarding our spiritual life. And so, again, I'll set that up. Is Paul is 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 talking to the Colossi church. There, um, there's other, you know, Gnostic people, the teachers. There's other teachers that are teaching the Jewish law. They're teaching things to try to get their eyes off of Jesus. And so we, if you look three, what, two, two episodes before we talk about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So this is Paul's message. It's Jesus, not anything else that we do. And so he's kind of, you know, again, sticking to that theme here. And, and so these are warnings that he's given us regarding our spiritual life. So why don't you go ahead and just open us, read uh, today's passage, and then we'll just dive in. Okay. Um, from, fl- from flashing road signs to beware of dog signs. Warnings are part of our life. We teach our kids to heed warnings, and we too, adults, must be reminded of those warnings. Sometimes warnings are a matter of life or death. Today, we're going to talk about the warnings we have for our spiritual life. Moses warned the Israelites to beware of forgetting the Lord once they got settled into the promised land. And Jesus oftentimes used words, uh, the word beware. For example, in Matthew 7, 15, where it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous 
wolves. Yeah. So again, today is, is the warnings are, um, there's certain things that happen in every one of our lives. And when we start breaking this down and unpacking this, there, we're going to see how there's, there's different things that happen. So, uh, we want to be aware of these things. So if this is happening in your life, what we're going to talk about today, just, just take heed to this and listen to this. And then more than anything else, guard yourself from getting caught up into that. So as we read, it might not sound like that as we read it, but we'll do our best to break it down <laughs> and to share what it's actually saying in context. Yeah, we're going to share, we're going to actually share three warnings with you today, but, uh, I'm going to, I'll read the entire text and then we'll break it down verse by verse okay all right colossians 2 16 through 23 open up your bibles please okay therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new of a new moon or sabbath these are a shadow of things to come but the substance belongs to christ let no one disqualify you insisting on uh oh help me with this aesthetic aesthetic schism and worship of angels going on in detail about visions puffed up puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from god if with christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world why as if you were still alive in the world do you submit to regulations do not handle do not taste do not touch referring to things that, are, that all perish as they are used according to human precepts and teachings these have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and there's that word again and asceticism asceticism easy for you to say yeah severity to the body but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. So, Pete, our, our first warning is don't let anyone pass judgment on you. It's so funny is when you read this, if you do not slow down. So if anybody was reading this, this is like confusing because yeah. it. my wife says that Paul speaks in Yoda. And so, <laughs> so when she reads it sometimes, she's like, okay, what is he saying? So you have to really slow it down. So that's why we're going to unpack these three. But this, if we slow it down and we ask the right questions and we work the problem, the equation that is in front of us, then what comes out of that is just a great blessing that God can give us. And so so what we're seeing here is, is the first part. So that would be verses 16 through 17. Let's read it again here in a okay. second. Yeah, yeah. But if, if, we, if we break it down, let's slow it down a little bit and let's really look at. So don't let anyone pass judgment on you. So what are we talking about? So let's break this down. So read the first 16 and 17, and then let's just unpack it. Okay. 16. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Okay, so what this is talking about, this verse is talking about legalism, which is happening in the Bible. So legalism is, 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 uh, says that God will love us if we change. The gospel says God will change us because he loves us. Legalism breeds a sense of entitlement that turns us into complainers. And so if you look at this, what it's saying is that there's people that are, uh, walking by the Jewish law, they're they're walking in a holy way. They're studying the Word of God. 
Um, they're doing things uh, that they believe is the very best. And so what they're doing now is they're looking upon your life and they're seeing that your life is all disheveled. There's, there's, you know, there's imbalances in your life. You're not doing certain things. Maybe you're lazy. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. Maybe there, maybe you're, you know, you're not reading your Bible. You, you know, you, maybe you're a Christian and you've been the same Christian for 20 plus years and you haven't really grown a lot or maybe whatever that is, somebody in your life is looking at you and they are condemning you. They are saying, hey, how could you be like that? How could you act that way? Or you should do this or you should do that. You should do this. So what Paul is telling the people in the Colossi church at this moment is he's saying, listen, you're, you answer to God and God alone. You answer to Jesus and in everything that he represents. And Jesus came to abolish the law. He came to abolish uh, the works-based religion, that you have to do certain things in order to be accepted by him. And when we, when we listen to what other people say, sometimes it quenches our spirit. It quenches our, our walk with the Lord because we start dwelling upon what our friends are saying. We start dwelling upon what we feel about ourselves, which is not good. We start, we start listening and, and people are starting, um, you're starting to believe the, the judgments that are around them. It could be a parent. It could be a, uh, a past friend. It could be something that happened in your past or your coach or somebody that said something and it's dictated and it's controlled your life for all of these years. And so Paul, in this case, is, is talking about food. He's talking about food and drink. And if you know the Jewish custom is they couldn't eat pork, they couldn't eat certain things. They had to eat a certain way in order for God to be pleased with them, so they thought, and, and in order to be holy and to be able to have a right fellowship with God. Well, God, remember when he talked to Peter when he was sitting up on the roof and in yeah. Acts, and he all of a sudden he saw all of these things, and he says, kill and eat, Peter, and so forth, and, and he did away with that. He's saying, no, that's not, that's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying here is that I want you to have freedom. I want you to live for me, walk with me, hear me, know me, and let my truth invade your lives. Do not believe all of these workspace. I want you to just to draw near to me. And by doing that, then you are then set free from all of these bondages, all of these things that people are trying to put on you. And now you work and you operate according to the will of God. You operate according to his love, his standards, and not according to a legalistic mindset. You're not not caught up into condemnation. You're not caught up into a pressure from somebody else. You are now free to walk holy and pleasing in God's life. Now, if you're not walking with God and you're not doing that, then it doesn't matter to you because they could say all they want and you're just going to be all messed up anyway. But if you're truly trying to seek God and you're truly trying, which believe the Colossi church was doing that, you're truly trying to be intimate with him. Paul is warning them saying, listen, beware of these false teachers. Beware of these people trying to influence you to do something more. No, what he wants is you be with Jesus and then Jesus will then encourage you to do what he asks you to do, what he wills you to do. And what he says about you is what matters most, not what other people are saying, what he says about you. Your thoughts? Yeah, so it's almost like they were they were struggling with people trying to get them to go back to where they were before. Is that is that kind of what you're saying? With, um, with well, yeah. Not, and then I have no, another question, no, too. No, because they're, 
in a way, yes, because they're trying to talk about the law, but they're trying to bring Eastern mysticism, you know, the Buddha mentality, the philosophy, because the philosophy was really big back then, especially Greek philosophy, because that's where it came from. Um, and they were trying to mesh everything together, and they're trying to make it like there's another way to get to God than just Jesus. There's another way to do it. And if you're not doing these other things, then you're not good. You're not right. And so there's people, there's influencers in our life that are trying to persuade us to do the next best this or diet or or read this book or whatever. And what we're saying is just stick with the word of God, be holy, walk with him, know Jesus. And the byproduct of that, God could lead you to read another book or to do things. But it's based off of what Jesus is telling you, not based off influences of other people. And if it ever takes you away from Jesus, period, God only, now we have a problem. You read my mind. I was just thinking, I was just thinking it's the difference between Jesus alone and Jesus plus this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So religious routine inflates the ego and makes a person content in his self-righteousness. Think about it. So how many times have you met somebody that we talked about this, I think last week on the show that has all knowledge. They have a lot of knowledge, but there's, there's no evidence of the fruit of the spirit. There's no evidence of a gentle, kind heart. There's no evidence of a pure, unadulterated love. There's, there's a, I know this, I'm smart, I know this, I know this, I know this, I know this, I know this. And, and they do that, but there's no compassion, there's no empathy, there's, there's, no, there's none of that. And it's, it's just, it's all about works, it's all about what they're doing. And this is Paul saying, listen, don't let those people try to influence you. Do not, guard your hearts from that, be careful with that. You know, being that, let me, let me give kind of seven tips of what legalism, uh, why it's so devastating to someone's life. So it ignores the underest it ignores or underestimates the role of the inner attitude and motivation. So a person is saying something is because they want something in return or they're trying to control you or trying to manipulate you. So it's it's listen to that, beware of that, be careful with that. It focuses upon self-effort rather than on divine enablement. Again, it's what is God saying to you? What is God telling you? What is he empowering you with? It's not based off of someone telling you you have to do this or this or this or you you need to read this book, you need to do this diet, you need to whatever it is, it's 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 based off of what God is enabling you to do in obedience to him, not based off of other people's efforts in your life. It encourages pride rather than humble dependence on God. Pride comes because you, you've worked your butt off. Maybe you're a workout person. I'm so good. I know this. I'm really good. I'll help you, right? I know the word of God really good. I'll help you. You know, whatever that is, those people are very quick to say, I'll get, I know I'm really smart. I, let me do this for you, right? That's, you want to be avoid that. You want to be careful with that. Those people, it tends to use the scriptures to reinforce or preconceived ideas and preferences. I call that justification. So they say that part again. Uh, it it tends to use the scriptures to reinforce our own preconceived ideas and preferences. So that is where they're they're justifying why they're doing what they're doing because the Bible says so. Again, it goes back to that other point: is what is their what is their motivation? What is enabling them to do that? Where are they coming from? Is it because they have the experience? Is it because they feel like this is the best way? Is it because of their knowledge? Is it because of that? Or is what they're saying or doing it bringing you closer to God? Is what they did enabled by what the Spirit of God is saying and doing in both of your lives at that time? 
So we want to be aware of people that are saying that or doing that. So it's a justification. I've I've done this many times in my past. I've justified the word of God to make my own my own things. I've manipulated things to make people think. And that's what's happened. They were very clever with what their words. They used all the same terminology as what the Bible says, but they tricked them. And so you have to really get back to what is Jesus saying? What's enabling them? What's the motivation behind them? We want to be aware of that because it can quench our spirit. Is that that's almost like pulling a pulling a Bible verse out to just kind of out of context and just yes. using it to try to justify what you're trying yes. to say. Yes. Where if you go and read that verse in context, you're yes. like, that's not at all what the, you know, what the writer was saying or what the Holy Spirit is that saying. That is, okay. you nailed it I there. Got it. Absolutely. The next one, it, it tends to conceive of our acceptance with God as performance orientated. Again, it's, we are jacked up, messed up. We are uh, fall short. Our, our heart is desperately wicked. Our minds are, everything about us is not good outside of Jesus doing a work in us. Amen. And so we have to accept that and understand that, that Jesus is our only hope. And so if we think that, I mean, we'll talk about this on, on our next week's show when we're talking about our testimony, but if we think that we're anything good, God will have something else to say about us. So if, <laughs> you, if you think that, that in a hurry. what was that you statement? You said that you, um, that God was lucky to have you on oh, the team. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that's what it's saying. So bad. Yeah, you don't want, I'll share that you don't want those type of people. You want to be careful of you doing that or someone else. Um, real quick, it arouses the flesh and incites us to sin rather than avoidance of sin. Um, it's it's like it, again, goes back to the justification. Like, oh, you know, everybody in the Bible does that. I had somebody come, perfect example. I had somebody try to convince me that having multiple wives was was biblical. That's the best thing to do. And when you look at that in context, it always frowned against having multiple wives because of the drama. And if you read every instance in the Bible where they had multiple wives, there was always chaos, hurt, pain, jealousy, anger, bitterness. It always had things to come. So my safe assumption would say, no, that's probably not in context of what is best, what God is saying. We were called to have one wife, one husband, and to come together to be a be one and unified under him, not multiple. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. So you're reading into the text. And so I had to share that with that person, but that person did their best to try to influence me that multiple wives. I said, why would you want it anyway? Right. That's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Why? I mean, I love my wife dearly, but I can't imagine trying <laughs> yeah. try to keep two wives happy. Yeah. No, thanks. You know, the picture I kept getting while you're reading that, Pete, is uh, speaking of wives, but Crystal and I have, start, have started re-watching The Chosen, mm. episode one, and I keep picturing the Pharisees in here, you know, what um, was it? Nicodemus's understudy. I don't remember his name, but um, man, he, that's him. I mean, he's like, you know, doing things, and I'm better than everybody else because I know the, you know, I know the, you know, the first five. What is the Torah or whatever they, they called it? But uh, that's the picture I kept getting. It's uh, yeah. It's self righteousness. Right? It is, and it's very. It happens to me. It happens to you. Sure. I mean, I get caught up sometimes if I'm not careful. Other people. Here, let me read the statement we wrote. It says, "If someone is judging you for things you are not doing, they are in essence taking away your freedom you have in Christ." We no longer live by a law and, a, and our righteousness. He canceled our debt and the dominion and control of law has over us. As a believer, we are now under grace as a rule of life and not under the law of condemnation. So I guess the application here is that Paul is saying these people are trying to force you to do something that God is not actually telling you to do. 
And we have to be very careful that we don't be those people, that we're not the one trying to influence. We, that's, um, there's a lot of people in my life that I can think of right now that I want to give them a piece of my mind. I want to share with them the truth because I can see without a shadow of a doubt, they're not doing what I perceive to be the very best thing. But what God has told me to do is to pray for them, is to elevate them, is to continue to speak life into them, is to continue to encourage them and allow the spirit of God to speak to them in what they need to do. Because let's face it, I don't know exactly how God is working in their life. Yeah. I don't know what he's using. I don't know what is happening. So I'm not God. I got to get out of the way and, and just lift them up and encourage them and pray for them instead of trying to influence them with what I say. You know, there's people sometimes that are, they're influencer and they, and it feels uncomfortable when they make you do something and say, you know, everybody here, raise your hand. You know, and I, I always get uncomfortable with that. Well, if they don't want to raise their hand, don't force them to raise their hand because of peer pressure, right? Or let everybody, let's do this or whatever. And, you know, repeat this after me. Well, what if they don't want to repeat that after you? So I'm careful on trying to influence people to force them to do things. I want them to have the freedom uh, AKA our government to be able to make decisions and choices. <laughs> I didn't just say that, did I? Anyway, anybody that's listening, you're laughing at me. But anyways, it's, you get the point. We want there to be that. We want to pray for them, elevate them, speak life into them, and allow God to move in their life. Anyway. I, a question before we move on to the second warning sign. You, you said, used a statement a little bit ago um, that I hear a lot, and I, I think I misunderstood it for a long time and I, and I still may misunderstand it so I was gonna I'm gonna ask you to clarify what does this mean what is quenching the spirit what is what does that mean anytime that we're taking away the spirit to move freely in our lives that is the quenching so anytime that I'm sinning so if I choose to sin the spirit can have no place with what I'm doing it's quenching that ability for the spirit to speak freely into my life it's by my choice my apps uh, uh my questions or by believing that what i can do on my own without the spirit's help i'm quenching the spirit from helping me and so i'm doing it without saying hey all right god you know or a lot of times people would say okay god i feel like this is what you're wanting me to do okay i'm going to do it and then oh by the way come with me god well, that's not how it works. What how it works is we need to be still in his presence. We need to worship him, being understanding where he's at, have eyes to see, ears to hear. And then when the spirit moves in our hearts, he opens our eyes, he gives us understanding, he gives us truth, he gives us our next steps. We then go ahead and follow him. We're not quenching the spirit there. But if we're going to do it our way, then how's the spirit going to move? Okay, that, that helps. Yeah. I, I think... The confusion for me was every time I'd hear the word quench, that it was in it was used to quench your thirst, right? So that's a good thing. You want to quench your thirst? Yeah. So when I first started hearing people say quench the spirit, I'm like, wait, is that a good thing or a bad yeah. thing? Because yeah. that word had always been a positive. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's what my confusion was. So thank yeah. you for clearing that that's up. That's good. But there's other people like that, I'm sure, too. No, just me. <clears throat> it's no, just me. Whatever. All right. Our next warning that Paul gives us. Um, it says, don't let men cheat you out of your reward. And I'll read verses 18 and 19. It says, let no one disqualify you, insisting on assess <laughs> By the end of the show, I'm going to get this word. Yeah. And worship of angels. Wait, what? Going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his, sens uh, by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. 
So that word disqualify there. So right out of the gate, verse 18, that word disqualify means to declare unworthy of a prize. It's an athletic term. So basically the umpire disqualifies the contestant because he's not obeyed the rules. So I guess we can equate that to sin separates us from the Father, but it does not disqualify us from salvation. And so I think what's happening here is is people are thinking that they're not saved because of their sin or because of their past mistakes or because they're still caught up into bad habits and they're still having things that are not happening the right way for them. And so they feel like, oh, I'm not saved. You know, I disqualified and all that. No, that's not the case that we are still um, saved. We're it's, it's for by grace we are saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's a gift from God. And it, and it has nothing that of our works, has nothing of what we're doing. And so again, these people here are trying to tell the Colossi church, no, you're not doing this, so you can't have salvation because you're not doing this and this and this. And so what God is telling, uh, what Paul is saying here is like, no, listen, when you live righteously and when you live holy, um, there's going to be a reward, not only here on earth, but also in heaven. And, and so when you don't live righteously or whatever, obviously you're not going to win the prize and there's going to be consequences to your sin. There's going to be repercussions to that, uh, but you're still saved. You're still, you still have salvation, but you can just get back up. You can repent of that sin. You can continue to follow him and then live that way or walk in a way though it's worthy to him so that you can then reap the reward. And so, um, so don't let people tell you you're not good enough and that you will never make something of yourself. God's love for you never changes. If you fall short, like I said, get back up. Keep pursuing Jesus. Friends, spouses, loved ones sometimes are our worst enemies. God wants to reward us for those who serve them. So what I'm saying is that is a lot of times uh, I know my spouse better than she knows herself sometimes because I, I follow, I study her. I'm a doctorate, triple doctorate degree in my wife and, and I've learned everything about her. And, and the reason why is because I spent so much time with her. And so when there's certain things that are happening, I'm tempted to try to correct her. I'm stupid. I can't. Only God can change her. But I want to. And so I'm trying to, you know, condemn her or try to get her away from what God is doing in her life. And if I say the wrong thing, she might believe it or she might get caught up into it and start doubting herself, start questioning herself and lose out on the reward that God's trying to do. God's saying, capture those thoughts, surrender those thoughts and continue to pursue me. Thoughts? Yeah, so there's kind of two parts of this. I think we can learn that Paul's telling us not to do this to other people, and at the same time, when people are doing it to us, you, you just look to God. Ignore, ignore what those people are saying. Yeah, and 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 yes, and stop sinning. I mean, bottom line. I mean, Paul's telling him, listen, if you keep, if you believe what these false prophets are telling you, you're sinning because you're getting caught up into that. Or if you are sinning and um, you're continually in sin, then you're losing out on the reward that wa- mm. God wants to promise you. And so he's, he's telling them there's, there's two parts here. Uh, okay. I wrote this down. Thomas Watson said that through every vessel of mercy shall be full in heaven, yet one may hold more than the other. And what he's talking about is that all of us are saved by grace and mercy. Every one of us are saved and set apart. But some of us are going to have a lot more rewards than other people. And so Paul here or in heaven. Both, right? And and so what would be a reward that we would have here on earth? 
What's um, your thoughts? Uh, joy. Yeah. Peace. Yeah. Um, I think it could be even a blessing. So yeah. if you are walking holy and righteous, and the Bible says that he will, if we're, if he can trust us with a little, that he's going to give us more. Right. That would be a reward. And so if we're following Christ and our heart is to please him and we're doing ministry, and maybe we have one or two people now in our life that we're ministering to, but maybe says, you know what, I can trust you with more. And maybe he gives you four, five, six, mm-hmm. eight, whatever. That would be a blessing. Um, another one is, you know what? Don't trust in, in man, but trust in him. And, and you're surrendering to him and maybe you're financially struggling or maybe there's things that are happening in your life. And I was just thinking the, the movie Facing the Giants. And in that movie, um, he almost lost his job. Um, there was a smelly um, a rat in his house and his car was on the puts and he was ready to lose it. Now that, that happens all the time. So what, what he, what he realized is that he was living his life for himself and he wasn't living to glorify God. And so when he finally transferred that over and said, no, I need to surrender to God, no matter what, if we win, we'll praise him. If we lose, we'll praise him. And so he realized that, no, that's what his life's about, to worship him, to serve him. But the reward in that, the byproduct of that is God blessed him. He was able to figure out where that rat was. He was uh, someone, God put something on someone's heart to give him a car because his car was falling apart. And, and, um, and his wife and his marriage got better. His wife was struggling getting a pregnant. She was able to get pregnant. So many things took place and that happens all the time in our lives. God gives us rewards sometimes on earth because he just loves us. He loves his children. But there's also rewards in heaven. And so the reason why we want to live holy and walk pleasing to him and walk through that is because we're gaining crowns in heaven. Where the Bible says there's going to be a mansion. We're going to get mansions in heaven. I don't know exactly what that means, but if I'm going to have a big mansion, I want my mansion full of stuff, right? I don't want to have this big open mansion. I mean, this is the way I look at it. <laughs> I don't know if this true. Yeah, I want to have stuff in there. And the and, and Bible says that we're living on this earth. It's a short time. Yeah. So let's make the most of this time. You know, let's let's do the very best we can for God to glorify him and, and not get caught up into these people trying to tell us to do other things or whatever. Let's just walk with him. Let's just serve him. Let's get rid of the sin. Let's call upon the Holy Spirit to help us. We get so busy wanting to build our mansions here instead of in heaven where it's going to last forever. You know, I was thinking we went uh, we went to Yellowstone and you see all these people camping on the side of, you know, the river and they're like in little tents. You're like, "Why are they living in little tents?" Because they know they're only going to be there a little while, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. That's kind of the picture that I got. Yeah, we're going to be yeah, we're just here a little bit. Don't worry about it. Yeah, for a thousand years we'll experience one room, for another thousand years we'll get another room, <laughs> whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I know Greg Glory said God rewards the person who is diligent. And for those who will take time in their day to seek the Lord, for those who will take time to read his word, and for those who take time to wait upon him, he will reveal his truths to them. So that reward is the truth. So whatever that looks like, it might be the truth of, of, of provision. It might be the truth of peace. It might be the truth of joy, as you said. It might be some sort of truth God will reveal if we seek him. That is a reward. That is a blessing of God. And not only that, as we're serving him, we're getting blessings in heaven. Yeah, and yeah, I would just say, don't be confused. I mean, you hear the, the blessings. Don't get confused. I, I, he's not teaching, Pete's not teaching, uh, what is it? that Prosperity that, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You took the words out yeah. of my mouth. The yeah. prosperity uh, doctrine or anything like that. No. That's not what he's talking about. I mean, God, you know, God, it just might not be in God's will for you to be rich. So praying to be rich is probably not a good way to go. Yeah, we're not. So again, it goes back to the legalism motivation. 
right? So it goes back to Paul's first point. We're not, ple- we're not serving God to get the reward. We're not serving him to get something from him. He's not a genie God. Yeah. We're serving him with a heart that's compassionate to love him to, no matter what. I'll praise him if I win. I'll praise him if I don't. It's, it's serving him with the right motivation is that's the byproduct of that God then rewards us. First Corinthians 15, 58 says, always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. It's not in vain because God takes care of those that love him. He's, he, he provides everything for us. He takes care of everything and not only here on earth, but also for the, everything in heaven. Well, verse 18 talks about uh, worshiping angels. Did you want to talk about that or yeah, that we, on another show? What do you think? Um, man, that's a tough one. Yeah, the false teachers in Colossians had visions and made contact with angels. Um, in bypassing the word of God and the spirit of God, they were opening themselves up for all kinds of demonic activity. Uh, the false teachers were making themselves bigger than they really were. They had all the right connections and knew all the right people. They were in the know and you know better to listen to them. And so they, um, they used their life experiences to tell everybody around them what's going on. So they were boasting that this is what God's doing in our life. Here's the angels that we're talking about and the miracles and so forth. And they lost sight of that it was it's Jesus and not anything else. They lost sight of it's always going to be about him. And they were trying to make it like, you know, it's about other things. It's about angels. And we should do a show just on angels because the second temple theology, if you guys know anything about the Qumran scrolls or if you know about, um, you know, some of the Apocrypha books that are in the Bible, Book of Maccabees, Enoch, all of those, they were all talking about uh, different views on how the early church and how Jesus saw angels and divine beings and how they were work. In the Old Testament, it talks about Elohim. Um, and which is a little God, but it also used Elohim to refer to actually Yahweh and God. And it's a whole different, a whole nother show that we can do. Um, but it's, we do entertain angels. Let's just, let's just say that right away. Angels are come in human forms. It says in Hebrews that you never know when you're going to entertain an angel. And so we always want to be aware that you never know what might, the person across the street might be an angel, treat them with respect, kindness or whatever. But these guys they had angels that were uh, taking them, that were they were meeting in human form, that were sharing with them or teaching them, um, and they were taking them away from God. They were trying to confuse them. They were trying to deceive them. Um, a demonic spirit or someone that's possessed or someone that, again, Ephesians 6 talks about that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. There's a spiritual battle. There's an enemy. It might be somebody that's in your life that's, that's speaking to you, and it sounds really, really good, it might be a false prophet or a teacher or a pastor, and um, and you might hear them, and they might be like giving you all these good words and all these good things, like "Oh my gosh, it's so good." You might end up like worshiping worshiping them, and you might be talking about that pastor. Oh, pastor said this, or pastor said that, or this person said that. And every time you turn around, you're using that person as a reference. That's a red flag. It is a red flag because it's not Jesus. It's not has nothing to do with that person. It has to do with what is Jesus saying. And so that's what that's talking about. Does that help? Yep, it does. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so application for this is uh, how do you know if if what you're reading or listening to is of God or not? And here, here you go. So does it humble you? Does it bring to mind the awe of God? Does it fill your heart with love? If a pastor or business leader or anybody else 
uh, that has so-called status is pushing you to pursue success in any way that does not elevate Jesus, heed the warning and do not listen to them. If they are robbing you of, they are robbing you of your awards. Yeah, and, it, and again, they're taking you off the path of what God, what is the perfect will of God, the permissive will or perfect will. We'll get into that another day, but the perfect will of God. And so the, I'm telling you, man, there's so many Christians out there that are so caught up into, not saying John Maxwell is bad or any of these other, these business leaders or any of these other things, but sometimes you get so caught up into trying to be successful in your life, you're forgetting that, wait, what is God asking of you to do? First mm -hmm. and foremost, what is he saying for you to do? Not what these guys are telling you to do to get success. What is God saying? He will give you all the right things to do. You don't need anybody else's help. The Spirit, the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God will give you all truths. So everything that you need to do in your life begins and ends with Jesus, not these self-help books. The self-help books and these other people are a byproduct based off of what God is telling you. We have to first start there. And so they're trying to get people off of that. And that's what's happening. One of those self-help books is uh, "Good is the Enemy of of Great," <laughs> right? So that's actually a good that's a good message, even though it's a title of a, of one of those books. Uh, our final our final warning is: don't let people enslave you. Mm. And uh, I'll read verses twenty through twenty three. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you are still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch referring to the things that all perish and are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism, that's the closest I'm going to get, and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. People will probably like, what the heck does that mean? Well, here, let's, let's, Thank kind, you. let's put it together. I'm one so, of those people. It's ascetic. It's ascetic. It's asceticism. I can't even say it myself. But it means a suggesting of self or severe discipline and abstaining from all forms of indulgence. So that's basically it. So if you look at the Middle East, uh, the Middle Ages, uh, during, you know, before the Renaissance, they were talking about the ascetic practices that were popular during that time, and they were sleeping on hard beds, they were whipping one themselves, they were not speaking for days, they would go without food or sleep and so forth. And what we see Paul doing here is trying to get, tying together legalism and asceticism. One that is legalistic is many times that one that subjects himself to severe self-disciplines. Paul says, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. So he's, he's basically saying, beware of that because it can cause you, you're doing it for the wrong reason. You're trying to discipline your mind yourself so that you would achieve success in the flesh, not success in the spirit. And if you get caught up into that, it's going to quench the spirit. It's going to uh, hinder your walk with the Lord. So any thoughts on that? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> it's still really confusing to me. I, I'm still trying to wrap my, my mind around it. But what I guess he's, he's just saying, it's just... You, you're substituting something else other than grace, right? I mean, it's like, it's not about Jesus. It's what you can do. And even if it's in just these weird self-disciplines or self-torture, you're using that to try to get, to, to earn well, salvation instead and of... It, and again, I guess we don't have to beat this too much, but let's just look at our own lives, okay? Um, let's do workout because workout is a very popular thing. Um, or a diet, okay? So diet or workout. So... Um, 
if you look at, the, it goes back to the legalism, okay? So if you look at the motivation for why we work out, what is the motivation for why people work out, Bob? They want to look better, feel better, yeah. um, be more attractive. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So those are all really good. Well, I, I don't know about the attractive part. For me, that would be really good because if I lost some weight, man, woohoo! No, I'm just playing. Um, but but the, my wife would say so. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, she'd be like, whoa. No, anyway. Anyway, um, Mac Going Daddy. back to what we're saying. Um, it's, 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 you have to ask the question this. Is why I'm working out, is it because it's making me feel good? Or is why am I working out? Because God has commanded me to make my body in line with uh, my temple, my body, to be in line with what he is asking of me to do. And so here's a personal testimony. I am very conscientious of eating, not perfectly, but to eat better than not. You know, I, if I had a choice, some, most of the time I'm going to try to choose to eat right. I'm going to choose to eat the better foods over the bad foods. Don't I fail miserably because we're in church. Let's face it. We got potlucks and crap and donuts yeah Yeah. stuff all over the time i can't say that uh crap word i have to say junk that crap's not good too late yeah i shouldn't say crap on the air but i'm anyway um sorry guys anyway uh they're laughing and listening to me Uh, now i'm sure yeah i'm sure um but you there's so much that comes in that it's hard but we have to be careful but god told me a while back he said Pete, now that you're drawing close to me and you're walking with me i want to be able to use you more and use you further and if your body is unhealthy, you're going to disable yourself from actually doing certain parts of ministry. I can't take you sometimes into the mission field because your body's not going to be able to do that. Or there's certain things that you might be on the sidelines because your health isn't where it should be. And so I really want you to work out. I want you to, I want you to keep your body healthy. I want you to exercise. I want you to do these things so that you're available to me. So in season and out of season that you're ready to do the work that I have. I not working out because I want to be sexy. Even though the temptation is I want to be sexy. I like a sexy looking body. Let's just be honest. I'm not working out because I want to be healthy because it does, let's just face it, to be healthy is it makes you feel better. You can think, you can do all of these things. Those are the byproduct of it. I'm working out because I want to be obedient to what God is saying. And I always say, you know how you know if someone's uh, caught up in the indulgence? I always say, have you ever seen somebody that, and this is going to talk to some people that are listening, (laughs) but have you ever saw when you see people that are posting their workout stuff all the time? Yeah. And they're, look at me, look at all this. It's because they're indulged in it. That's what's, that's what's motivating them. That's, they're, they're passionate about that. And I'm pretty positive if God was telling you this, I want you to do for my glory, he does not want to put you at the center of attention. There it is. For whose glory are you doing that? He would not be putting you at the center of attention. And so what Paul is saying here is that people that are caught up into this self-discipline or caught up into this are trying to influence other people to be like them. And they're trying to persuade them to do what they did. Read this book. It's telling you to change your life right? Or do this study. It's going to change your life. Do this diet. It's going to change your life. You have to work out. If you don't work out, your body's healthy and it's not good and all this stuff. And it all sounds really good and all that stuff, but it's enslaving you if it's not the spirit of God sharing it with you. If it's enslaving you as if what you're doing is for the wrong motivation, it first has to begin and end with Jesus. What is he asking of you? And so instead of allowing that to get into your mind and capturing what they're saying, you need to stop that 
You need to say, God, what is it that you're asking of me? Is this, are you using brother so-and-so and and sister so-and-so or friend so-and-so to speak into my life? And if that is the case, Lord, I want to be obedient to you. And I would accept that, but Lord, I need your help in doing this. And so that's what it's saying. Any thoughts on that? No, I think that explains it really well. So he's telling us not to be enslaved to those things. That's a good example using the 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 gym or the the workout thing. I think that's everybody. Either you're involved in that or you know somebody. <laughs> and I can picture, I mean, just you mentioning that. You, you, you picture the Facebook post, right? Somebody's, you know, got their filters up and they're showing and it's all about them. So, yeah, yeah that that's probably not healthy. Yeah. So So, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Yeah. So if there's uh, anybody that's listening today and and, um, you're you're hearing our voice and, and, you know, God spoke to you or, um, you know, whatever that is. And if he's he's sharing with you that, you know, maybe you you've allowed these influences in your life in the past or maybe that's you. Maybe you're the influencer in certain people and, and God has convicted of you and convicted you and and you just want to stop. Well, you can, and and you can just repent, and you can just say no to it. You can just cry out to God, and and completely turn from from that, and um and, and it's it's that, and it's and next time that you have that temptation or whatever that you're crying out to the Holy Spirit to invade and to help you, you're surrounding yourself with people to help speak into your life. Um, you're pursuing the Lord. You, you know, it's like, you know, we want to change everything and it's wrong with us right away, but you can't just stop, just stick with something that you know is, is where you're off. And if God's pricked your heart or something, just stick to that, continue on that and continue to surrender that part to your Lord, to the Lord. And then once you, God can trust you with that, he'll give you something else and so on and so on. And your ministry will just uh, grow. But if you're listening to here today and, and, and you haven't known the Lord, or this is, you don't know God in Ultimately, or you're just not sure if you've given your life to the Lord. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, uh, For you, our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, mm-hmm. so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And if you don't know him, that means that you're living in sin. You're living a life that's destined for hell. Unfortunately, that is the truth. The Bible says it. Jesus says it in John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. And and we cannot get to heaven. We cannot have eternal life without walking with Jesus, surrendering our lives to Jesus, without asking Jesus to forgive us of our sins, to repent of the way that we were going, and then to now walk in a way that's pleasing to God. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of the sacrifice that he made, because of the the, the everything rising again on the uh, from the grave for the third day and becoming God and sitting at the right hand of the Father, we now are able to come boldly through the throne room of God. We We are now able to enter into his presence. We are now able to live in freedom, as we talked about on this show, and to not live by the bondages or the pressures of the world. We can now live with uh, with his grace and his mercy and his freedom. And so if that's you, just pray this after me. Lord, I just praise you. I thank you today. I ask, Lord, that you would forgive me of my sins. I ask, God, that you would uh, help me to follow you, help me to learn about you, help me to avoid um, doing the things that I used to do in my past, help me to create new habits, help me to um, learn your Bible, to understand your word as I read it, help me to pray more. 
help me to uh, be involved in church or get to go to church, Lord, to, to learn more about you. Lord, help me to just turn from my wicked ways. And, and if that's something that you prayed then and, and, and you meant it in your heart and you, and you shared it, then God heard you and that God wants to uh, bless you and we want to hear from you. And uh, we want to uh, uh, reach out to you and connect with you. And, and so you can reach out to us on riotpodcast.co and um, you can go to Know God. And at that Know God, you click down at the bottom. It says uh, you've given your life to the Lord. Click that out and fill that out. And we would love to reach out to you, connect with you and, and get you a church and so forth. Um, but let me just pray real quick. I just put it on my spirit. Let me just pray for those that are listening. Lord, I just thank you and praise you for this show. And Lord, I, we are emptied, uh, Lord, uh, of ourselves, and we recognize that it's so easy for us to get caught up into the world's ways. It's so easy for us to start walking um, the way that we feel is best or what we think is best based off of what people say, based off of how we feel, based off the culture, the moment, whatever that is. And I pray, God, that you would help us to um, just not adhere to that that we would recognize that if there's anything that has taken us away from being in your presence, it's not of you. If there's anything that's trying to persuade us other than listening to you and the stillness of your small voice and in, in, in meditating on your truth, and it's not about you, it's not of you. And so Lord, help us, help us to hear your voice, help us to guard our hearts from the enemy's attack. He, he disguises it so well. He makes it sound so good, Lord, when it might not be the perfect will. And Lord, it might be a permissive will. You might still bless it or be a part of it. God, there's a perfect will. And we can only find that when we rest in your presence. And so, Lord, help us with that. We love you, God. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast site, uh, you know, with, with Apple or um, what's that other one? That Samsung thing? The, the Android? Google, Google Android, <laughs> Stitcher, Any of those. Pandora, can, you know, make sure that yeah. you subscribe, share, Radio. like. Yeah, My Heart Radio now. Um, and if you're watching us on YouTube, hi. It's uh, great to see you guys. Yeah. And uh, make sure that you also hit subscribe there. And then click that little bell that's next to the su- subscribe button. And every time we uh, release a new podcast, you will be the first to know about Bing. it. Bing! Yeah, right. No, that's Southwest. That's Remember South- AOL in the South- back of the day? You got mail. You've got mail. Yeah. 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 Oh, fun. man. I just got nightmares of hearing di- a <laughs> dial-up tone. <laughs> remember that? Yeah. It's awful. Awful. Faith, you don't remember that, do you? No, probably not. Anyway, we uh, we we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. We pray for you guys on a on a weekly, if yes. not daily basis. And uh, man, we're just so honored to be able to come and uh, share what's on our heart with you today. Look forward to what what the Lord has for us next week. So make sure you tune in and uh, share it with somebody, Amen. please. Uh, we love you guys. Take care. Have an amazing week of worship. Be blessed. This has been the Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of the Riot Podcast.